The 2022 Miami Hurricanes have their first chance to impress the 2023 recruits on the field this Saturday. So who's going to be watching and who is Miami battling for? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube too. That's where the countdown is now, guys. Two days away from Miami versus Bethune-Cookman. Day one of Mario Cristobal running through that smoke for the first time in 2022. And you're going to have some big-time recruits in the stands watching. And that's why we bring on our guy, our man on the ground, John Garcia Jr., uh, head of football recruiting at Sports Illustrated. John, how are you? Doing well. Just excited like everyone else. You know, I, I know we're recording this on a Thursday. We've got the Backyard Brawl tonight and games through Monday. So, I mean, it's it's really a beautiful time of year. It really is. And guys, every time John Garcia joins us, he's brought to you by LinkedIn. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College. Terms and conditions apply. You know, John, talking recruiting, um, this is the first name I've got to bring up today because not only did he have basically the game of his life this past weekend, three sacks against IMG Academy, and he is reportedly, uh, according to On3, going to be at Miami versus Bethune-Cookman this Saturday watching this game, watching the Canes in person. He's a Miami legacy. Ruben Bain, defensive lineman from Miami Central, his stock keeps rising, John. And for anyone who wasn't talking about Bain after seeing the game, he had three sacks, I think like five TFLs against IMG. Everyone's talking about Bain now. And the funny thing about Bain, John, and, and I'm sure you've got a pretty good sense for this, about as good as anyone can have, um, even though like the on three tracker has him over 91% to Miami on 24 seven, all of the crystal balls are for Miami. And yet, a lot of the recruiting analysts I talk to don't necessarily feel like Miami's even the favorite. Like we're looking over our shoulders at Alabama. So where do you think Miami's at with Reuben Bain? Yeah, I, I think they're the safest bet, but the favorite is is still hard to, to peg here because there's one sense that says, Hey, you know, if, if he was always going to go to Miami, why wouldn't he be committed right now? Right. He's taken double digit visits, family connections. He grew up in Miami, all those things been a priority for, the last coaching staff and this coaching staff, what what more does he need to see with the U to jump in? Um, and obviously you could counter that argument with, well, we haven't seen this staff in action, so we'll see uh, come Saturday if, if that starts to change. But look, Miami's been the safe kind of hometown neutral option in this recruitment for the long haul. But I think, look, if you're an elite kid and, and look, you know, Ruben is the top 70 player for us at SI. I think we've got him ranked higher than everyone else, by the way. Play catch up, fellas. Um, and you know, they are I playing catch up because you guys had him ranked in the top 70 before he faced IMG. Now everyone's like, yes, wait, yeah. did we get it right? I mean, he had 29 sacks last year. I, I don't know what else, you know, what needs to be to be written out. But uh, surely against IMG, it, it elevates your profile. 
But look, when you when you are that coveted and and that productive at that position, a premium position, you're going to be recruited by everybody. And I think that for every kid, there's a there's a window of due diligence that you need to play into here as a recruit to truly see if there is something else out there that can match this hometown feel and vibe. Uh, and I think that, you know, he's been able to do so this offseason, took a bunch of visits elsewhere, Alabama, Auburn, Oklahoma, Louisville. I think he'll continue to, to vet those schools in particular. And, and look, you know, when when Nick Saban's recruiting you personally, I don't care where you're from, what position you play, all those things. You have to at least listen. So, yes, he's going to he's going to stay in play for the long haul. And every time we talk about him, we'll say Miami's right there. But so are, are these other programs that that have their own track record and their own um, elements to sell to, to Ruben Bain. So, look, it's it's the safest bet, but surely not a lock for Miami. Although, again, he's the most important recruit left for me yeah. for this this Mario Cristobal coaching staff. He's local. Uh, he's productive and, and, he, and he qualifies as a head to head battle with. Saban and, and these other great coaches, the three boxes that the last coaching staff co couldn't check collectively. Mm. So you got to check those with with this top remaining uncommitted priority. There's some committed guys you still want to look into, but among the uncommitted in South Florida, the conversation should start uh, with Ruben Bain. But yeah, I still think Miami's the safest bet. He's going to take another trip, as you mentioned, to uh, to Miami Gardens to watch the Canes in action. And I think those are the last, the last boxes he needs to check, right? He visited for spring practice a bunch of times. He's seen the makeup of this current staff and how they're going to run the defensive line. But seeing it in game action hits a little bit different. So for me, I think this is probably the last question he needs an answer to from the Miami perspective. And then he'll go and do some due diligence with the other programs where he has a lot less familiarity. And he'll go from there. But again, Miami's always going to be the safe pet pick, safe bet, and and the one that that is going to have the hat closest to the table uh, when it comes to Bain's verbal commitment. Whenever that time comes. Now, according to Chad Simmons, he recorded he reported this I think on Wednesday night. Uh, Tyler Williams, who's top 100 receiver, four star out of Lakeland, uh, apparently instead of going for going to Ole Miss for an official visit this weekend, he's actually going to come to Miami for an unofficial visit and take in that Bethune-Cookman game. Now, John, you and I literally have never talked about Tyler Williams on this show because I've just considered him a Georgia lock. Like it's all the signs have been pointing, and maybe they still are, to Georgia for him. Uh, I don't think he's had Miami as a finalist, and yet he's going to be visiting this weekend. So what might be going on there, and and what does he bring to the table if he might wind up in Coral Gables? Yeah, Tyler Williams has is a quiet kid who's who's kind of gone about it his own way. But yeah, Miami was really never considered a top five type school for him until right now, until right now, because you know Ole Miss was that last school he hadn't taken an official visit to. The other four in his top five, he already took official visits to uh, Texas A&M, Clemson, uh, Georgia in that conversation, of course, as well. So, yeah, Miami just wasn't talked about because he didn't put them in, in his top group. But obviously actions speak louder than words. And when you cancel one OV to go take another uh, trip, it certainly sends a, a message to a degree that while his commitment's coming up in, in less than four weeks – you got a puncher's chance if you're Miami. And look, let's also be realistic about 
the likelihood he picks Miami at the end of this month is not great, even with this visit. Right. But I agree. Let's also be realistic about the recruiting process, right? Verbal commitments are what they are. They're a promise that, that hey, you're you're in the best shape right now, School X, but there's still a long way to go towards December, uh, early signing day, mid-December. So I think with Tyler Williams and a lot of these prospects, Miami's going to stay in the race. We've already heard them talking about flipping Jalen Brown from uh, LSU. The the t- two DBs at American Heritage, uh, Damari Brown, or excuse me, Damon Fagan, uh, who's committed to NC State, they're still recruiting him heavily. Conrad Hussey at St. Thomas is committed to Penn State. They're recruiting him heavily. So they're still in the flip game for a lot of prospects. So I don't think that will change over the course of, of the regular season. So I do think that a commitment is is just that, and Miami's going to be a flip candidate to win some of these battles late in the cycle. But if you do grab a Tyler Williams, whether it's on his commitment day or more importantly on signing day, this is a game-changing recruit. I think we have talked about the different types of receivers Miami's recruited. you got two committed right now in Ray Ray Joseph and uh, Robbie Washington, who are both dynamic slot-type receivers. Tyler Williams is six foot five, former basketball player, dunk on you kind of wide receiver. That's that he's more in the Hakeem Williams build, uh, and, and you don't have that on on the commitment list at this point. So he counters what you've already built at the wide receiver spot. And, and let me tell you, outside of anyone named Brandon Ennis that Miami's recruiting, this is the receiver I would take above all the rest. His upside and trajectory is through the roof as a modern-day boundary-wide receiver. Vertical routes, 50-50 balls, back shoulders, all the trendy throws that you're making as a college and eventual NFL-type quarterback, this is the type of receiver you want with a great wingspan, body control, and ball skills that, that can help you operate with the widest margin of error. So Tyler Williams brings a lot of, of what you want at the position today. So another guy, you know, top 50 for us at Sports Illustrated overall, this is a monster wide receiver recruit that uh, a lot of programs are going all in on. So for Miami to have a puncher's chance today is a, a total 180 from a week ago. Uh, so I yeah. think obviously things are headed in the right direction and the communication with Cristobal, perhaps Josh Gaddis has obviously improved we know he was tight with with mcclendon so you know that's why georgia had this early perceptional lead with him and obviously uh or excuse me now has the the big lead with him but obviously he was at miami for just a couple minutes uh, earlier uh, this offseason so i think that is something that could potentially have kept miami afloat in this recruitment but you'll take a puncher's chance on september 1st if you're the hurricane so uh you know let the chips fall where they may thereafter you know john garcia mentioned a name Brandon Innes, he and a teammate of his, uh, although they may be committed elsewhere, I know Miami's putting in the work, right? When we talk about possible flips, and that's a two-way street. We had a, a scare within the last couple of weeks about the Washington Twins, but they reaffirmed their commitment to Miami. I think we're good there. Uh, and Miami's going to give scares to some other schools. So, guys, you want to keep it locked right here because when we come back, we're going to talk about a couple of possible flips that Miami is working on here before signing day. Make sure you guys are checking out Bet Online. Folks, the season's about to start. Well, the season has started actually. Week zero. We're in week one now. I hope you're on Bet Online every day like I am. It is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week 
games. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering info, including live betting, which is game changer, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Available free on Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Available free on YouTube. And guys, we are pushing for 5K. I want to get it before September 17th, before the Texas A&M game. We are approaching 5,000 YouTube subscribers. So if you watch us every day, you haven't hit subscribe, do it today and tell your friends to subscribe to Locked on Canes. So recruiting, again, Miami's going to have some very important class of 2023 targets. We're going to be at the game this weekend. Other players they are battling for. Uh, I don't know whether or not either of these guys will be here this Saturday, but I'm hearing some buzz, John, and we know Miami's in constant contact with certain players that are verbally committed elsewhere. A couple of local guys and Brandon Ennis, five-star wide receiver, and Mark Fletcher, four-star running back, American Heritage guys, they're both committed to Ohio State. Uh, they're kind of on my radar as possible flips because I think Miami is recruiting these guys still very hard. What can you tell me about that process and about these players? Well, yeah, right off the bat, Donald, two positions of need we just talked about. Wide receiver is you've got two. You probably want to bring in four in this class. So naturally, the number one receiver on the in the country on Sports Illustrated, yeah, it's probably a guy you're going to continue to recruit. And then even a bigger need at running back, zero yeah. commitments at this point for the U. I know Chris Johnson's another uh, South Floridian uh, who, who's on the board here, here. But, you know, Mark Fletcher is one who – you know, his recruitment blew up before this coaching staff took over, you know, and, and I think at that point there was always uh, this allure of, of leaving the state uh, and, and going up to Ohio State, you know, bigger back, downhill, Big Ten, all those things certainly fit with, with the mold of, of what they are selling up there in Columbus. But you just know over time for both of these guys with this coaching staff that is going to be relentless and shoot their shot, swing for the fences, all the cliches you want to throw out there. It starts at home, and and if you're a kid in Dade or Broward or Palm Beach that is elite and is committed elsewhere, you're probably going to continue to get phone calls from this coaching staff, um, and and that could potentially lead to visits, which could eventually lead to some some commitment flips. So it's understandable positionally uh, and and individually for these two prospects. And with Ennis, you know, I, I think he's as understand understanding of a prospect as there is, right? Very grounded a kid who's had offers since he was in eighth grade and ninth grade. So he understands the ins and outs of the process. And he's gone through kind of the uncontrollable as well, right? He was committed to Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley. That coaching change happened and he totally reset. And his recruitment then came down to Ohio State, Alabama. Miami was in that conversation as well. USC, of course, with Riley and, and he picks OSU. So if there's a kid who understands the need to continue to do due diligence, to continue to accept phone calls, it's Brandon Innes because he's he's been bit by that in the past when it was out of his control. So I think the modern recruit, and he's a great example of it, is going to continue to keep that door at least slightly open. And we, we heard about it at IMG Media Day with Carnell Tate. He was like, hey, Miami keeps calling me and Brandon Innes to, to go take a visit. They're very close. They're both receivers. They're both committed to OSU. And they're both going up this weekend uh, to Columbus, by the way. 
But, you know, that duo, that, that could be something interesting for Miami to continue to covet because they are very close. And, of course, they're both playing high school ball in the state of Florida this year, uh, despite Tate being from Chicago. So it's it's interesting to track. I think it's something, again, these kids are going to continue to answer the phone. And like you said, it does work both ways, right? Yeah. The Washington Twins were uh, potentially flipped candidates. Francis Maui Goa has admitted to us, hey, everyone keeps calling me, uh, every, like everyone. So, you know, it's understandable. When you want to recruit at this level, you've got to play both sides of that game. And I think if, obviously, if you pull it off with, with Brandon Ennis in particular, uh, it's about as, as good a flip and as big a flip as, as possible in this 2023 cycle. I'm going to kindly ask Francis Maui Goa to change his phone number. Cause that's one, uh, <laughs> even like, even the possibility of him flipping would be terrifying. Cause I, uh, cause I love, I mean, to be, to be that, uh, it's probably the most important commit. Miami has gotten to this point. Uh, speaking of possible flips, you know, a player we've spoken about in the past, uh, I'm feeling less confident about the possibility here, uh, with jury Dickey. So, Within the last few days, a Hurricane fan account on Twitter like tweeted out a video of Jurion, some of the touchdowns he's been scoring already in high school this year, and referred to him in the caption as a future Kane. Oh Dickey quote tweeted that and said, I'm staying a duck, but love the video. So case closed? No, no, no. This is recruiting. I mean, we just we've just been talking about it all show. Right. I mean, I, there's probably dozens of examples of kids tweeting out their allegiance to one school and doubling down on it before mm. having a change of heart. There are so many additional circumstances in recruiting that could that could play a wedge in, into one school versus the other. And look, it's tangible with Jerry on Dickey, right? He's, he's visited twice since making that commitment to the Ducks. He's incredibly close to Jaden Rashada, the, the fellow Northern Californian, uh, who's, of course, committed to Miami. Uh, I think he shouted him out for his birthday this week and, and kind of re reiterated how close the duo is. Uh, and we've talked about it. Miami's got this need at wide receiver, and it's probably going to come via the flip game. So we've talked about Ennis. Uh, we've talked about the Jalen Brown. And, and now Jerion Dickey's another flip candidate, uh, Carnell Tate as well, mm. that fits that mold. This is another SI-99 recruit who brings something different to the table. 6'3", 210 pounds or so. Nothing that Miami has like that on the verbal commitment list today. So naturally, you expect Miami to continue to court Dickey, he again has taken two visits and has not used an official for one of those two visits. So there could still be some Miami traction down the line for Dickey. Although, you know, Oregon fans got to feel good today relative to him coming out and saying that, you know, he's comfortable with his verbal commitment to the Ducks, which is a tribute to Mario Cristobal. That coaching staff, he was the favorite uh, to, or Oregon was the favorite for Dickey in the fall uh, under crystal ball. So there is obviously a great relationship between coach and recruit in this regard. And that's why Miami is still to be viewed as the top threat to Oregon for Dick Dickey's signature come uh, December. Uh, and we were told other schools are still trying to get involved with him as well. And like with Brandon Ennis and Carnell Tate and Jalen Brown, he is reciprocating that communication. He is on the phone with some other programs, despite his public allegiance to Oregon. So it works both ways. As you mentioned, Miami still is very much in that ball game and until the letter of intent is actually signed and faxed to Eugene over Coral Gables. 
we threw out on Twitter this morning. And hey, you can follow the show at Locked On Canes. Follow us at Locked On Canes. We will follow you back and write us your questions and comments. We read a lot of these on the show. So, you know, I, I, I mentioned everybody. John is coming on today. John Garcia Jr. is with us, director of football recruiting for SI. If you want us to ask John about any prospects, most of the names that came in were guys we were planning to talk about anyway. But I did get this from uh, from Austin Cosper, who said, uh, can I ask you about Cormani McLean? I can, and I'm doing it right now. Uh, is is there anything new on Cormani? Because I know you know five star uh, DB out of Lakeland. Uh, he's taking his time. Is there anything new on him? Yeah, still taking his time. Uh, no early commitment plans, which is probably good news for Miami in this in this pursuit. Number one corner in the country out of Lakeland, as you mentioned. He's going to visit Florida this weekend. Uh, they're they're playing Utah. He's got friends on both rosters. I mean, his God, I, I, hope, I hope Utah just kicks their butts. <laughs> and like Cormani's like, I can't play here. Yeah, his uh, one of his closest friends is actually Utah's uh, backup running back, Jalen Glover, who's from Lake Gibson uh, and was a teammate of Cormani's over the last couple of years. Uh, so, you know, some due diligence there from Cormani. But the Gators are absolutely in it for him uh, under Corey Raymond. Alabama is viewed as a legitimate contender for for McLean. Uh, and then Miami's probably right there thereafter. Um, been in the mix. Family's been to town. He took the official in the summer to keep the Canes in the conversation. And we're told that it's very likely he's going to make another visit to Miami during the season. I think the safe bets are Florida, which we know is two days away, Miami and Alabama to host him during the season. Georgia's trying to get involved. Other schools are trying to get involved to play into this theoretical top three that he has not confirmed of of uh, Florida, Miami, and Alabama. But right now, I think that's kind of the pecking order for Cormani McLean. But again, a lot of time between now and his decision and or signing day. And he's another one. I mean, number one corner in America. So again, no matter if he commits today, all these schools are going to try to stay in the mix. And I, I believe he's a kid who would reciprocate that going forward. He's, he's the most familiar with Florida. Uh, he spent the most time there. Uh, Alabama's right after that. And Miami's one he's still trying to figure out a lot with so that official visit was big to keep them in the game now they've got to stay in the game you know under this defensive coaching staff and i believe they will tremendous stuff here and guys keep it locked because we have more to ask john garcia jr about including we've got to keep the longest streak since cal ripkin alive here and i gotta ask john about the importance of facilities because miami's athletic director dan radikovich who just came in from clemson he admitted, like, Miami's a little bit behind. from uh, They're trying to catch up, but they are a little bit behind with the facilities game. So make sure you keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcast. Part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. So we're two days away from the Miami Hurricanes. Take it on Bethune-Cookman, September 3rd, Hard Rock Stadium, opening up the 2022 season. John Garcia Jr. is with us. John, uh, I, I lost count of how many consecutive weeks we've asked you about Samson Okunlola. This is like number 17 or number 18 straight weeks. Is there anything new on the pancake honcho and where Miami stands and, you know, who Miami's top competition is for this five-star offensive tackle out of Massachusetts? Yeah, there, there's a little bit new. Uh, I think we were tracking this thing as two elite tackles, really three if you throw in the Lance Hurd, who were were kind of the best available, and there was no clear timeline. Well, that has all changed, right? Monroe Freeling has come off the board to Georgia. 
by the time most people hear this, Lance Hurd will have likely committed to LSU. Spoiler alert there. So <laughs> Okanola is really the last big fish remaining. Um, he teased a big announcement coming soon, but we obviously confirmed that it wasn't a commitment. But since then, he has announced, hey, I know everyone's asking me about a commitment date. That info will be released pretty soon. Uh, so I think that will be the next step in the Okanola recruitment. He said if he does take more visits, it will likely be in September. So if he does hit the road, I think it will be here over the, the first few weeks of the college football season. I think he took three officials in the summer. So he does have some allotment for some uh, school funded trips over the next few weeks. And those could potentially throw a wrench into the process, but he has also said, Hey, I think I've got enough data right now to make the call. And we know Miami has been the program with the most buzz in the recent months. So if he feels like he's got enough data to make the call now, and Miami has been the trending program, you got to feel good, especially with Freeling picking Georgia yeah. about Miami's chances to land Okanola the sooner he makes that verbal commitment. But if, and when he takes other trips, I think that it'd be interesting to see where he took those official visits. Ohio state's been involved. Georgia has been involved. Oregon, Michigan state have all been involved. Uh, Alabama as well. Um, but a lot of those schools kind of like Miami have, have become pretty full uh, along the offensive front. So yeah, you wonder how that could potentially impact a final call from Okanola, who for us is the number one offensive tackle in the country. So I think the sooner the better for Miami. That that has stayed consistent as, as much as we've been asked about Samson. Um, but I am curious to see, of course, when he's going to make the call and those up to two official visits that he could take uh, in the month of September. So we're going to find out a lot this month either way to me. You know, earlier this week, uh, we had a chance, uh, the, the local media, to talk with Dan Radakovich, the the new Miami Hurricanes athletic director. He's heading into his first football season, and uh, he, he said something about facilities that I think makes sense, right? Because, you know, people have been talking about a possible new football stadium for Miami. The Ruiz family has worked really hard, and they're spending a lot of money with this architecture firm to, like, get these concepts drawn up and stuff uh, about Tropical Park, but... You know, and, and maybe maybe that does become something Miami really looks into. But at the moment, Radakovich said something that made sense. Right now, they're prioritizing the facilities on campus, like this indoor practice facility you see behind me, expanding that because they're student athletes. They're in the on-campus facilities every day versus a stadium you play in six or seven times a year. So it does make sense to me, John, that maybe eventually you consider moving into your own really nice stadium. But you probably want to fix the on-campus stuff first because I'm, I'm guessing that has a bigger impact on recruiting. Yeah, it's about the day-to-day. -day. And I think the the facilities arms race, is it's still just that. It's still always – it's an ever-evolving thing. I mean, remember the whole back and forth with uh, fans on, on Twitter between the Florida locker rooms and the Florida State locker rooms and the Miami locker rooms, you know, all that stuff. It's, it's something you always have to refresh. It's like an update on your iPhone. So – um, there needs to be one at Miami. I think it's it's pretty simple there. And and what what impact it creates in recruiting and with the current roster, which is important because you got to recruit those guys too because of the portal. This is where you're spending the most time. It's the recovery rooms. It's the weight rooms. It's the uh, obviously the locker rooms. The the IPFs. All of those things that occupy the majority of your time. Um, and and some fun sprinkled into it, right? Players lounge. Dan and company at Clemson put in that slide that you see on, on yeah. Clemson social media like every day. 
Um, so you got to sprinkle in some some fun in there as well um, to create that type of environment. And look, and it benefits a coaching staff too because you know where your players are. They're they're kind of locked in on campus. They're not running around, you know, South Beach or, or what have you. So I, I do think it's very important for Miami to catch up in that regard because again, this is about the big boys. This isn't about winning the state anymore it should never be about that at, at miami or florida or florida state for that matter it should be about the very top it should be about the playoff it should be about winning the acc it should be those types of goals so now it's about clemson it's about bama it's about ohio state it's about texas a&m catching up in that regard to those programs because if you look up at who miami's recruiting against we just talked about it with oak and lola and ennis and fletcher and mclean and all these same players it's the big boys, and and those are the recruiting battles you you want to compete with, which we've seen Miami do thus far. But to continue to win those over a longer period of time, in addition to on-field success, you need to present something that is comparable at home because you've got all the other advantages, right? You're in South Florida, the weather, the conference, the path to playing time, the history. A lot of these other boxes are checked in, in Sharpie, but that one isn't. You know, So naturally, that is where the um, – focus needs to be pushed a little bit more and obviously with what Clemson has done in the last decade Radakovich understands that as much as anyone and so does Mario with some of the places he's been and the places he's changed over the last few years so when you have that type of alignment in thought execution usually follows it up pretty closely so it's not something I'd be worried about from a Miami fan base perspective, it will get done and corrected and you will catch up just a matter of how soon and how much is it going to cost. But uh, that's, that's their job to figure out. And I think they will. I'm not going to worry about the cost. I'll let them worry about that. I mean, we <laughs> see Yeah. And it's great because we, we've seen reported numbers like a hundred million or yeah. more than that. So it sounds to me like they're doing it right. And John Garcia is always doing it right. Guys, make sure you follow him. John Garcia underscore junior on Twitter Check out his work in Sports Illustrated. I mean, this guy, he's always boots on the ground covering everything recruiting around the country. John, we appreciate you so much. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Always a pleasure, Alex. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's our pleasure, believe me. And guys, you want to make sure for your second listen today, you check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. It's an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from my pal Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, all combined into the Ultimate NFL Preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, today was a fun show. We're going to have fun again tomorrow and probably fun on Saturday as well for tomorrow's show. We are going to do keys to the game, right? And you better not lose this one, but we will do keys to the game, Miami versus Bethune-Cookman tomorrow. We may have a couple of special guests on tomorrow's episode, so make sure you keep it locked right here. Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.